I want to talk about something that really sparked a lot of conversation yesterday. And I've got to say this. It's one of my favorite parts of this job is opening up the phone lines and talking to you about your thoughts on some of the stories we bring forward. Because we're coming from all different perspectives and walks of life. And I love that we're all hanging out together. So we all have our our um, interesting way to look at the world and issues in front of us. So there, the story that I was focusing on yesterday is about how Canadian schools – high schools specifically, will get the opportunity from a uh, organization that works with schools across Canada, primarily treats uh, CPR or t- uh, creates CPR programs um, and training for defibrillators, which I always find hard to say. They are now looking to offer naloxone training programs to teachers for high school students. So they teach the teachers, the teachers would teach the high schoolers. And we mentioned that it's because we're in an opioid crisis. Now, through the pandemic, I know you've been pretty busy and things have been seriously distracting, but opioids aren't going anywhere. They're a major problem. And this program is set up to make sure that your kids know how to deal with it if they see an opioid overdose going on. And that includes how to administer nasal naloxone. Like to welcome onto the show the executive director of the Advanced Coronary Treatment Foundation, who runs the program, Sandra Clark. Welcome to the show. Great to have you on, Sandra. Thank you. Good to be here. This program sparks so much conversation. Um, off the top, I'd like to say one listener said this program is encouraging kids to take drugs because we're also teaching them that here's the antidote and here's how to use it. How do you respond to that? Because that's something I think that might be a knee-jerk reaction when people hear about your program. Yeah, well, uh, what I would say is we have not heard that at all. Uh, We are just um, starting to offer the program on a voluntary basis uh, for schools. Uh, It will be voluntary for students. But I will say that the ACT Foundation, our focus, the reason we're bringing this program to schools is because our focus is schools. We're a charitable foundation and our focus is establishing CPR, helping schools establish, high schools establish life-saving CPR and defibrillator training program uh, across the country. And we donate the training mannequins. We bring in CPR agencies to train the teachers, to train the students and so on. And to date, 4.8 million young people have been trained by their teachers through 1800 high schools across the country. And our goal is to see that every young person graduates from high school with the skills and knowledge to save a life. Now, with the CPR program, the students, they're already learning that. They learn how to respond to a cardiac arrest emergency, whether it be uh, someone who has drowned in, or a parent who suffers a cardiac arrest from heart attack or a, a friend who has been electrocuted. They learn how to respond. They learn the importance of calling 911 quickly. And if the person is not responsive and not breathing to start CPR, to call mm-hmm. out for a defibrillator. They also learn how to use the life-saving skill of, of a defibrillator, which are defibrillators Defibrillators are, are more and more available in public places. And we started receiving calls from teachers a few years back saying, you know what, we're already teaching the CPR. Could you, ha- could you provide us with just, you know, the training on how to respond if it's a suspected opioid overdose? And so we piloted uh, the program in Ottawa uh, in four high schools with 15 teachers. And we trained them how to teach students how to respond to a suspected opioid overdose. 
And it was overwhelmingly positive. The students were so grateful to receive this training. The majority were saying that learning how to respond to an opioid overdose is important. It should be part of their CPR training. Uh, they had never, for the most part, learned how to use naloxone, nasal spray. They said, this is easy. This is something we want to learn. And they felt that they could respond to a suspected opioid overdose emergency after the training. And the teachers thought it was important and relevant. So we've only heard positive things. Mm -hmm. And I, I would say that we're already teaching them CPR. This is just one extra little step, if you will, adding to their life-saving um, toolbox of skills, if you will. Sandra, it might make you feel a lot better to say that another listener called in and said, what's the big deal? This is really uh, the extension of a first aid program. We're talking about first aid here. Can you speak to how important it is to uh, administer naloxone in a timely uh, fashion when you're talking about an opioid overdose? So what we're teaching the students is within the, we're teaching them how to respond within the context of a resuscitation emergency. So we're teaching them uh, if they find someone who is unresponsive and not breathing, it's important to act quickly, no matter what the cause of their cardiac arrest. And we, they're taught to call 911 quickly to get EMS on the way. They're taught to perform CPR uh, skills. They will have already been trained in their, in their school program. And then we're taught, they're taught being taught, you can also give nasal naloxone spray and this is how you do it. If the students have the nasal naloxone spray, terrific. Uh, they're, they're told that they can access them. Anyone in the public can access uh, these uh, kits for free from many pharmacies. Um, but also if they don't have nasal naloxone, they call out, does anyone have it? And that person can mm -hmm. administer it if it's suspected opioid overdose. And if they don't have naloxone, they still continue with the steps. They've called 911, they're doing CPR, and all of these are, are so essential to helping save a life. I understand you're going to roll this out um, in hopefully the fall. Uh, you roll it out in Quebec and Ottawa first, so kids could be learning it as soon as the fall. Uh, what there's an opt out component. What are you hearing from the school boards? Oh, we've uh, the school. So we're approach. We've already set up the CPR program. Uh, I mentioned in in uh, 1800 high schools. So we're starting to go back to these schools and tell them that, you know, that we do have this enhancement to the CPR program. It doesn't take very long for the teaching. It's, and the, the phys ed teachers, those are the teachers that teach the CPR and they are super keen on this. And we tell them that if they're interested, because it's voluntary, if they're interested, we can help them uh, add this to the training at no cost to the schools. And uh, the response where we have approached school boards is very, very positive. In fact, we've already trained uh, over 600 teachers from about 200 30 schools uh, ramping up for a fall rollout to where they'll begin training students. And we are continuing uh, to approach uh, school boards. Uh, we will be approaching school boards across, uh, well, starting with the four major provinces uh, of Quebec, Ontario, Alberta, and BC, uh, initially offering it to school boards. Of course, we are, we are getting more and more requests from other provinces, and we will help any school, essentially, that reaches out to us. But very positive response from schools. That's great to hear. I have a question that's kind of uh, high and inside. It's about CPR. Is it true that mouth-to-mouth -mouth is out? And if so, uh, you're focusing on just chest compressions alone. Is that correct? Well, for right now, uh, we are teaching uh, the chest compression only CPR. Uh, however, um, and and. 
the research is showing that compression-only CPR is, is terrific and it can save a lot of lives. What the research is suggesting is that in a, in a drowning emergency involving a child, for example, mm. respirations become more important uh, and are, you know, are still important. Uh, but for this program, as it stands, the students are taught respond with compression-only CPR. Uh, the teachers will say if it's a family member uh, and you're, you've been trained to provide uh, breathing, you can, you know, and if you're comfortable and you've been trained, uh, then and you have the proper uh, protection equipment, then um, then go ahead. It's up to you. It's a personal choice. But through this program, at this point, we're teaching the compression only CPR because it is uh, it is so it works. valuable. It's effective. Yeah. Yeah. When you're talking about the evolution of first aid, and that's what we're really talking about with the addition of naloxone training and how to spot an opioid overdose, that's an evolution of the first aid course in high schools. I, I'm curious, have you updated and evolved the chest compression song? Because it used to be the Bee Gees staying alive. But can kids still relate to that? Are you playing that and getting them familiar with it? Or have you updated it to be another song to do the chest compressions sure. too? So what we do is we, uh, through the ACT Foundation, uh, we train the teachers to train their students. And the teachers really innovate at the school level. And they there's a number of songs that have the beat yeah. that uh, the students, some of them use a metronome, uh, some of them, use, they use different songs. We really leave that up to them. We provide them with the most up-to-date guidelines for CPR. And then the teachers, you know, in terms of things like the song and so on, they, uh, they're, they're pretty innovative. Yeah. You program the first aid, not the tunes. I get it. Sandra, it's been a pleasure talking to you. You've been super informative. You've brought this uh, story down to a level that I think people can easily consume and get comfortable with. It's really about training the kids on how to do the right thing if they're faced with an emergency. That's right. Thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate your time today, Sandra. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Sandra Clark is executive director of the Advanced Coronary Treatment Foundation, also known as ACT.